The GovCon Secrets Podcast will take a deep dive into the government contracting space where you'll hear from a variety of expert guests on strategy, pricing, benefits, business tactics, and all this to save you a ton of money, time, energy, and effort. I'm your host, Jim Campbell, former Marine and CEO of Axon Fringe Solutions Group. My goal is to redefine the benefits world with a brutally honest view of how benefits, compliance, finance, and overall contracting strategy mixed with my years of experience and expertise can benefit you to deploy strategies to help your GovCon grow and win in the future, all the while without boring you to death. We're going to have fun. Let's start the show. Everybody, welcome our good friends, uh, my guest, Jim Campbell, CEO of the Axum Group of Companies and TrueCare, uh, based out of the Las Vegas, Nevada area, and uh, his partner in crime, Patrick Moore, president of Axum Global Strategies Group and vice president also at TrueCare. Uh, and Patrick himself is based out of the greater Chicago land area. What's up, boys? Happening, man. Thanks oh, for having us. It's cracking. Oh man, I am. Uh, I'm living the dream, especially doing much better now that I I see your pretty uh, marine faces. Is, is it okay to say pretty and marines in the same sentence? Is that weird or is that okay? Long time retired man, you can say whatever you want now. <laughs> you can All tell right. the truth. It's a given. It's a given, Eric. It's a given. Well, yeah. particularly when we're looking at Patrick, of course it's a given. That pretty smile. Look at that guy. He's just a stud. Uh, <laughs> Jim, you're all right, but Patrick, come on. <laughs> I'm old. Uh, you're old. That's all right. Uh, no worries. Uh, so look, guys, I want to start with that. You know, I, I've told you, uh, I've said it before to folks, but you know, I, I'm a, I'm a Marine, um, in heart, but I'm certainly not, uh, a Marine. My whole family comes from a long list of, uh, military. Uh, true story. My brother, uh, joined the Marines only to piss off my dad. He was supposed to go into the Navy like most of my family. He said, nope, I'm calling an audible just to piss off pops. And boy, did it piss off pops. Um, I'm curious your story, right? I don't know how often you've talked about it, um, but and we're going to get to benefits. Don't worry, everybody listening. But I want to. I like. I like history. I like stories. Talk to us, right, Patrick? What? Let's start with you, man. Let's start with the pretty guy, um, Patrick. Why the Marines? Why the military? Like, it was it a family thing? Was you just woke up one day and wanted to shoot guns? You tell me. Uh, it's uh, kind of random, man. I uh, I have no family background in the military whatsoever. In fact, no, no one on either side of my family had ever had ever done the military so it was a completely completely new deal but um what happened was i had a friend who said i think we should join the marine corps together and friends don't let other friends do things separately right so you, you, you kind of do things in tandem so i actually went to boot camp with a really good friend of mine we went together um I, I probably let the recruiter chase me for about six months before i actually signed on the dotted line because i was I was scared, um, but I joined literally um, August 17th of 2001. Wow. So what I had to do is convince my um, mother that the Marine Corps was a good place for her son to go to because uh, I was 18 years old. And also, you know, had to, the, the recruiter did a good job convincing her that the world was a safe place and that there were no wars going on, all of which were true on August 17th of 2001. Um, a couple of weeks later, the whole thing changed, man. So you were in boot camp at that point, yes? I was. Uh, I didn't go to boot camp per se until uh, till January, but yeah, I was in boot camp right when all the things happened. So the whole the whole world changed on nine eleven. So you. Um, so let's be clear. You you joined up in August. You went to boot camp in January of two thousand two. Is that accurate? One hundred percent. Yep. 
So uh, I've got to ask, because people are going to know, did that in, it, it, did that fire you up more to continue your journey that you had already made the decision on, or did it make you even more nerve uh, or nervous, I should say, particularly your mom, of course, but you personally? That's a really good question. I don't think I felt either way. I think when it happened, I knew I knew that what I expected out of the Marine Corps and that decision was just going to be a completely different expectation. Um, cause I, cause I also, I joined the reserves on a reserve contract. Um, and so my military experience is super different than most folks in which I did. I basically went to boot camp, did two years of college, went to Iraq, did two years of college, went to Iraq. You know, this was the flow of my twenties, not, not a typical experience for most people. I just had to kind of live two lives at the same time. Got it. Got it. And you, uh, you uh, retired from the um, from the Marines as a sergeant, I think. Ooh, I wish I should have. No? That would have been really smart. I probably would have had a lot less uh, heartache and grief. No, I am still I am still in, man. I actually retire this this summer. Uh, oh, I, I dropped paperwork last fall, um, and I'm going to be retiring officially from the United States Marine Corps after 22 years of service as a master sergeant in the Marine Corps. As a master sergeant, excuse me, absolutely. Okay, I, I could have sworn you had told me sergeant uh, something to master sergeant, but I actually thought you were retired. So even more power. That's fantastic. I was cool uh, as oh, a sergeant. It's cool. There you go. In, well, in, in, in the military, like you're good when you're young. When you get older, you you know you're you're one of the bad guys. So I was more proud of my service as, as a sergeant than I am as a master sergeant. Put it that way. Fair enough. Your words, not mine. I'm proud of you either way. Um, all right, let's turn the table here. Jim, real quick, uh, and you don't have to rush. I want to hear your story, man. You uh, you started in the Marines back when the Marine Corps started, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe? Yeah. No? Yes, kind of, yeah, sort of. Uh, um, talk to me, man. Funny story. Um, so my grandfather was a World War II vet. Um, didn't know it until uh, he found out because I told my grandmother I wanted to go in the Marine Corps when I was 16. He drove all the way from the Chicagoland area. They lived in Elgin, Illinois. Um, I came home from a baseball game one day in high school as a junior, and um, I saw my grandfather's car, and I'm like, oh, grandma and grandpa are here. This is great. And uh, get in there. My grandmother's not there. My grandfather just stood up and said, hey, boy, we're going we're gonna to take a trip. This is a Thursday afternoon. I'll never forget it. And I was like, yeah, okay, like everything all right? said, yeah, you're not going to school tomorrow. And I said, okay. As I looked at my mom and I could see tears kind of in her eye. And I was like, what is going on? And um, my dad was like, you're going to go with your grandfather. Have You know, we were really tight, my grandfather. And I love the guy. He's the best guy in the world. Smiled all the time. Um, great guy. Great human being. And he drove me. This I lived in Harrisburg area, Pennsylvania time. Um, he drove me two and a half hours north to a place called Delta. Pennsylvania, which has a massive quarry, rock quarry in the middle of it. And he pulls up to the fence, you know, and, and it says, do not enter. And he literally just says, uh, go in the trunk and get that box out. And I'll give you a chance to ask me anything one time. We only talk about it today. I still don't know what's going on. Even up there, it was kind of hit or miss. And uh, we sat on the back of his old Oldsmobile. I'll never forget. And he opens up this foot locker and all his stuff from the island wars he fought through tarawa iwo jima he was shot six times uh you know he, he was an absolute stud and um he kept fighting and he did three deployments um through the island wars he was at pearl harbor the day it was bombed actually holy crap 
he was actually doing laundry in town. He was stationed right there. And, um, yeah, I, I never knew any of this, man. I, I had no idea my whole life. I didn't know. I just I said, I wanted to be a Marine. And he has this talk with me and here's a guy smiled all the time. Every time he saw him, he's just a happy, jovial guy, big dude. And then, uh, he had tears run down his face for about nine hours straight while we talked and on the ride home. And, and, uh, it was really tough for him, but it's something I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, he told me what being a Marine really meant. And it just stuck with me even more. I was 17 at the time when I graduated high school. So I still had to have my parents sign on the dotted line and they would only do it if I joined the reserves. So my initial contract was in the reserves. And then the following year I called up or I went to uh, infantry school, called my dad up and said, Hey, I'm, I'm not good at football or baseball enough to stay at temple and uh, in Philadelphia. And uh, they don't really want me anyway. So I'm going to do this. And uh, he pretty much hung up on me there then and there and said, good luck to you. And that was it. And off I went. And then uh, fast forward uh, six and a half years later, I have an accident. I fall. Um, I get hurt. And they tell me I'm no longer a field grade Marine. So it can't be deployed any further. And uh, that was my time. And uh, I had seven surgeries on my leg and five on my back. And then uh, that was it. And then I got into the world of insurance. Well, it's a natural fit for both. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. hand and glove, right? <laughs> that, that you, I think part of the Marine contract, isn't it, that you have to get your health and life license? Is that yeah, not yeah, what absolutely. they teach you? Absolutely. Uh, no, I mean, camp, it's like the third week of boot camp. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I figured. Um, uh, uh, so let me ask you this. You both um, have, a, have a great story, uh, both a Marine. Um, Come on, we got to talk about it. how do you get an insurance? Like, there's got to be. I don't want to spend an hour on it, but there's got to be a story there. And and I didn't even realize, quite frankly, all three of us are recovering carrier reps. I didn't realize you both you both started in the carrier world. I mean, it happens a lot, but I didn't realize for you both. Um, I believe Jim, you at uh, UHC United Healthcare, yeah. um, and uh, uh, and Pat, you at uh, at Transamerica. Um, Jim, I'll stick with you since we just um, finished that 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 topic. Um, how do you, how do you even do that? Was it just, you were looking for a job? Did you wake up one day and said, Hey, I want to sell insurance. And, and that was it. Like what's going on? No, I was getting back on my feet. And, um, back then the war was really kicking up and, you know, I was getting, you know, trying to find my place in the world after the Marine Corps. And, uh, a buddy of mine worked at a brokerage in Baltimore, Maryland. And he called up and said, Hey man, this guy from United Healthcare just left our office and said he's looking for staff. Somebody that knows math. Are, are you interested in actuary sciences? I had no idea. I had no clue what actuary sciences were. I called up the uh, number he gave me. They gave me a test and I got a call the next day. Wow. And then uh, I'm up in Minnetonka, Minnesota, getting training and understanding what test I have to take and all this. And it's like, look, man, this is this is not for me. This is I'm not an actuary. I can't do this. And then this guy here in uh, the metro DC area, the really well known insurance executive, said, "Hey, sales is it? This is the job we're looking for. It's small group market. We don't have a presence. We never had a presence in small group. This is before they bought Mamsie, even. And I'm sure you remember Mamsie. Sure. Oh, I do. Yeah, this is before that. And he's like." Go out and get brokers to sell United Healthcare. Healthcare. Here's what we do. And, and back then it was just a volume game, right? How many brokers can you touch and how many quotes can you get in? 
And um, that was that was my job at, at United Healthcare. And then I fast forward saw my brokers making money and said, oh, I'm going to go do that. That seems easy. <laughs> you know, yeah. the rest is history. Plug the uh, Staples easy button right there. Staples. hundred percent. I thought show, it was. They want to I call thought it was. They made it look that way. I mean, they they had the nice cars and the nice suits and everything. They made it look that easy. Um, what about you, uh, Mr. Pat? Right? You 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 just dreamt of, of Transamerica Tower in San Francisco. You couldn't wait. Like, what's what's up? That you got to have a similar story. It had to have been an accident. Yeah. No. Uh, it was. I mean, the Transamerica is completely different. So I was on the retirement side. Like, I I went to college for a finance degree. I thought I was gonna. You know, teach people about stock bonds and mutual funds. That was kind of the, that was what Pat Moore thought he was going to do. But uh, I came back from uh, a deployment to Iraq. It happened to come home literally October of 2008. Um, and the entire world was obliviated, right? Like no, no one was hiring for anything. The only person in the whole world that was hiring was Hewitt Associates. And they were hiring for uh, open enrollment support. Like or Aon Hewitt, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, but this was Hewitt. Or what's now known before, as? Yeah, before it was Aon Hewitt, before it was Alight Solutions, before all that stuff. Um, and so that was my foray into benefits was doing literally call center support. Wow. Um, and then I went into an MBA program because that was really terrible, absolutely terrible, and got hired straight from the MBA into their large market consulting arm and end up being like a junior consultant on those teams. And that's really where I learned what this whole group benefit thing was. But uh, I touched the financial side and I touched the, uh, the open enrollment stuff before that. Got it. Got it. So guys, let, let's talk about, um, I'm going to talk about, I want to get deep into what, what you guys are doing now. Right. Um, and I'm, I, I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to Axum. Um, but we're going to save that. That's the best for last, right? Don't fast forward if you're listening. But I want to talk about True Care because I must be living under a rock because I see you guys active on social media. I see you guys talking all the time and I love it. I absorb your content. If you're not already following these two rock stars, do yourself a favor, change that right away, follow them, or even better, if they're open to it, connect with them directly. Um, what's True Care? I have no clue what it is. Shame on me as the worst podcast host in the history of the world. Because I should know and I don't, but at least I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, who wants to take that? I'll, I'll take it. So, uh, as you know, we run in a cohort of really smart people in the industry. Um, they want to do the right thing for the client, fully transparent, open the system up, kind of get away from fully insured, if at all possible, understand data. So that's where we went. And, and as you know, you know, we only work in the government contractor space. And what really is the problem that at large for the benefits industry is lack of transparency and, and open source data to help people make the best financial decisions. Well, and then get the best outcomes. That's especially true in GovCon because there's so many other layers to an underwriting process, the way that they get reviewed by underwriters just by job codes, how many times they flip contracts or populations come in and out. So what I wanted to do was create a platform where we could provide underwriting, uh, provide access to multiple carriers for access, include DPC, include a fully transparent open source PBM, and then harness the data of utilization from the underwriting all the way out through daily utilization and provide it back to those employers, as well as manage to their contract strength. So this is a big thing because most people won't self-fund or level self-fund a government contractor because they just don't know about the churn. Well, we know it. 
We have all the data, we know it, and we can now provide the best solutions for these mid to small to mid-sized contractors and then give the brokers that are trying to do the right thing the option to do the right thing. So, so you're basically making uh, the once or still known as non-predictable predictable. Is that how to yep. kind of sum it up? Yeah, yeah. So we we you know uh, started our own AI machine. It's called Logic Mind. Um, when it comes to government contracting, now we own the data. I mean, the large consulting houses are calling us, asking us for the data in this space. So when you look at the who's, the what's, the where's, the where the jobs are done and, and really where the demographics and the geography need to be, especially because GovCon's in all 50 states and their own territories, um, you can really make the best decisions for the client and as it pertains to their individual contracts, not just saying this is a 12-month deal. You're actually now basing the risk for that contract over the term and then helping the people get the best results for the dollars they have available. So um, this, uh, I think you started in early 21. It's relatively still new. Uh, where did that come? I know it came from Axum and what you're doing on that side. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But but is this something that just hit you one day that you needed to make an actual uh, business? Or um, you just found a void in the market or a little bit of both? Uh, a little bit of both. I tried to do it in 2015 with a previous oh. entity called Be Well. It was way ahead of the curve. Couldn't get there. Um, company folded, just didn't work. Uh, I was too far ahead of the scale. Um, but I saw it back then because our government contracting clients are coming from fully insured and they're 20, 25% over market from what we're able to underwrite at. And then you add in the daily lifestyle balance and things that we can actually track now and attribute better outcome and cost and quality. Um, it, it's, it's a shame that the community hasn't been better treated year over year. So, you know, 2021 was just the right year coming out of COVID, seeing how much money was in the market and GovCon was pretty stable, believe it or not. So now it's kind of, okay, how do you go out and increase that stability from a financial standpoint? So, um, Pat, I know that's, um, I know that, 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 that summary was a lot. Now I, now I get it. It makes total sense to me. Um, the data, data is everything. Uh, would you add anything to what, um, what uh, your fearless leader here said? Uh, I mean, he, he, he killed it there. What I would just say, it's, it's just in the government contracting world, like it's even more opaque than the rest of the, the industry. You know, like we, the rest of the industry is pretty opaque. Pretty <laughs> opaque. It's, uh, it's worse. It, right. it, uh, it can get worse. We'll put it that way. Oh, um, wait, so there's it, more. Yeah, it's right. 100%. Yeah. More. Right. You get, never mind. Forget it. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Dad joke. Um, so, um, so it, it's just, it's more opaque and it's, it's what we do to provide that other solution in this, in this market. Cause no one else is doing it. So if, if I, I like to compare, like some people will love and hate this all at the same time, but it's really the, the, the health Rosetta, the, the, you know, the new way of looking at health insurance option in GovCon. It's, it's literally the only option they got. So, so Pat, let's let's stay on you for a moment. Um, Jim, we'll give you a quick break. Um, tap out, tap out. Um, don't hang up though. Um, Pat, you um, you went from uh, uh, from the Marine Corps. Well, you're still in the Marines, but you went from uh, the Marines over to uh, Transamerica. You did a, a bunch of stuff. You worked with uh, Aon Hewitt, um, yada yada yada. 
And then you uh, you decided in um, really the middle of the pandemic to start your own business. Who the hell does that? That's number one. And then number two, um, you met this guy. I don't know if you'd already known or not, known him or not, but you met this guy and you guys decided to join forces. So I guess two questions. One, um, uh, what gave you the, uh, I'm going to say it, hang up if you want. I don't care. This is uncensored. This isn't that bad. But what gave you, what, where'd you get the balls to start a business in the middle of a pandemic, when most people are uh, struggling to save face, you decide to leave your company and go to some, do, do it on your own, and then segue that into uh, your story with uh, Jim, because that's that's where it gets really exciting and fun. Yeah, I mean, you just said a lot of things right there, Eric. Um, I uh, principles, man, like uh, the way the way this whole industry is is done, you can't really do it inside of a big organization. You can't. Like a lot of people Fair. are trying to do the right thing at the USIs and the locked-ins, but at the end of the day, they don't control the way they're paid, and so they can't possibly do the right thing. Um, sure. I felt that. I saw that, and I like I almost was getting out of the industry. But um, you know, our good friend David Contorno uh, happened to be featured in an article in Benefits Pro. Um, he was featured in an article in Benefits Pro, and that article was talking about um, like a, a group that they took over for, and that group that they took over for uh, was was my old company at the time. So wow. I, it was my boss. They were talking shit about my boss, and it was Go David Contorno. David Contorno was the hero. My boss was the enemy, right? Okay. And, this, and this Marshall Allen Benefits Pro uh deal and so that was like my foray into maybe looking at things a little different is what i would tell you <laughs> and so uh <laughs> Dude, boy there is so much we could unpack there but we'll yeah it was a lot man it was we'll a lot right, right there. there we'll leave I'm, I'm i'm no uh joe rogan or howard stern i don't claim to be so we'll have to leave it right there all right so you started more benefit resources um and you're you're running and gunning you're having fun you're doing well by your clients you're making money and uh and then and then you meet this guy talk to me about this yeah and it's the power it's the power of social media man i didn't know i didn't know jim at all but obviously you get a couple jarheads in the same industry that they don't normally involve themselves in and people are like hey you know this guy i'm like no same thing happened to him at one point we found a way to, to just chat figure out each other's lives a little bit obviously obviously liked each other and, and thought like what he was doing was cool. And he, I just told him straight up, like, I've never even heard of this government contracting thing before. <laughs> right. I was, he's like, yeah, I get yeah, that. You've never heard that time. before. Like I get yeah. that from time to time. I'm like, yeah, what is, and I try to get him to tell me some stuff. He's like, don't, don't worry about it, man. Okay, cool. All right. Um, we actually met up at the, at the U powered symposium in um, Arizona. That was the yep. first time I met Jim in person was there. Um, and at that point, the things he was doing was like identical to the things that I was doing, the people that we knew, the, the, the way we thought about this, this industry in general. And um, Jim, Jim had a vision that took, took uh, the consulting that I was doing and turned it into a product. And so instead of just having, having ideas, he had things. And uh, he had the, the desire and the execution to make those things happen. And I was, I was attracted to that. And I knew he was a, a good partner to put in the back pocket. So made the decision to uh, join Axum and the rest is history. Mm -hmm.